Luke 17, 11 to 19. The Bible says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, he traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus, at Jesus' feet, and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were there not ten cleans? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, He said to him, Rise, go. Your faith has made you well. Father, we give you praise this morning for your word. We give you praise because your word cannot come and go back void. It has a purpose to be accomplished. May our spirits be nourished this morning. May we be edified this morning by your word. Take all the glory. Take all the praise. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. This morning is our Thanksgiving morning. And I'll be talking to you this morning on the theme, the power of gratitude. The power of gratitude. If I had to caption this message in the other way, I would have captioned it in the question that Jesus asked, where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? But in order to make it simple, I'm going to caption it the power of gratitude or the power of thanksgiving. Before I came to the United States, when I heard about Thanksgiving, my impression about this holiday was, wow, Americans are really spiritual. Nah. That they, 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 designed, they, they designed a day for the whole nation to thank the Lord. That is what I was thinking. Then when I came over here, I realized that Thanksgiving has nothing to do with God. And then as I started researching and going back to the origin of Thanksgiving, I realized that it started with God. The people gathered to thank God. But gradually, it shifted from thanking God to now, what are you thankful for? That's what people ask, what are you thankful for? In every Thanksgiving, there is a subject and there is the object. What are you thanking God for? And who are you thanking God? And who are you thanking? What are you thankful for is the object. Who are you thanking is the subject. There must be somebody that you are thanking whenever you are expressing your gratitude, whether it's to man or is to God. Hallelujah. So, in the beginning, Thanksgiving was designed to give glory to God. It wasn't just a regular holiday. It was a season where people celebrate their greatness and everything that God had done for them. They came back to celebrate God by sharing a meal with one another, expressing their gratitude to the Lord. So, don't get it twisted and join the American people who celebrate Thanksgiving without knowing where it started. We have to always go back to the roots. Just like Christmas has been shifted from Christ and now it has nothing to do with Jesus. Some people put up their Halloween and then after they just replace it with Christmas decoration. They have no clue about who is behind the Christmas celebration. I went, uh, I was driving to Sandville one time, I saw a decoration with skeletons around people's houses, 
There are tombstones saying rest in peace. I'm like, who in their senses buys a tombstone and put on their door and say rest in peace? Are you trying to invoke the spirit of death into your house? But this is what we do and they say it's just a decoration. And then once that season is over, we jump into Thanksgiving. And be surprised that none of those people will step foot in church in any of those days. Who are they thanking? And who are they celebrating? But this morning we want to show our gratitude to the Lord. Hallelujah. I told you a story about a young girl that was very sick and it was diagnosed that she had kidney damage. And they did all the match in her family. Nobody was a match. You know, these things are rare. If you have a kidney problem, you need a donor. They found out that her fiancé was a match. And the fiancé willingly gave one of his kidneys to the girl. And the surgery took place and the lady survived. After the lady survived, she was fine. Her shape came back. You know, everything was in order. She broke up with the guy and got married to somebody else. And when the guy was crying, he said, after all I did for you, and the lady said, I'm grateful for everything you did, but I can't be with you. Now, if you cannot be with me, are you grateful? No, you are not grateful because when you show gratitude, it's, not, it's, it's more than just saying thank you. Gratitude is more than just saying thank you. Let's not, just, let's not be like this lady. I mean, this, this lady who was so ungrateful to the one that showed her kindness. As God has shown us kindness, we have to come back to God to say, Lord, we are grateful. Hallelujah. We are grateful. Somebody said that gratitude is a, power, is a powerful catalyst for happiness. It is a spark that lights the fire of joy in our soul. What does that mean? You don't need to have too much to be happy. If you are happy or contented with the little that you have, there will be joy in your face. But when you are not grateful for the things that God has given to you, you are always looking for more. What you have will never be sufficient. When I came into this country, I was making $10 an hour. And then I got hired by G4 as making $13.50. I was so grateful. I thought I was hitting the jackpot. <laughs> then I realized that when I started getting that people were making, I, I actually had a friend who took me to his house when I just arrived. He said, man of God, I am saying this not to brag, but to encourage you. I make $100 an hour. When I heard $100 an hour, my $13.50 disappeared from my eyes. I became so ungrateful with my salary. And many of us are not grateful because we compare ourselves to other people. But when you are happy with what God has given to you, you always smile. And God will always do more for you. Hallelujah. Gratitude is not expressed by how much you have received, but by whatever you have received. And somebody also said that gratitude is when memory is stored in the heart and not in the mind. Gratitude is when memory is stored in the heart and not in the mind. Let me explain this. To those of you who are married, you will understand this better. Gratitude is when memory is stored in the heart and not in the mind. What does that mean? Maybe you buy your wife or your husband. Maybe, maybe men don't even accept flowers. You don't do flowers. Let's say women. You buy your wife a flower to them. So, oh, baby, you're so sweet. You are the best man that day. Five minutes after you do something wrong, that flower does not mean anything anymore. That is what the man says that gratitude is when memory is stored in the heart and not in the mind. 
Because when it's in the heart, it's never forgotten. But in the mind, it can easily be forgotten. So when we are grateful, we don't forget. We are always grateful. Hallelujah. We are always grateful. Somebody also said, be grateful for what you already have while you pursue your goals. If you are not grateful for what you already have, what makes you think you are going to be grateful when you have more? So be grateful for what you already have. And I said that being grateful is not an action, it's a lifestyle. Hallelujah. We have to continually be grateful. Be grateful. I also told a story a long time ago about one of my friends who is a pastor too today. He was actually in one of the towns in, in Cameroon that is by the sea. And there was a boat coming from Nigeria. And that boat started sinking deep in the sea. And those of them who were at the shore could see the boat sinking. And these guys started swimming from the shore. Swim for, I mean, more than, I don't know how, 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 how I can describe the distance that he swim. But it was a far distance where you see people at the shore like they are small. And then he went inside the river in the deep sea and carried one of the ladies on his back and swam back to the shore. And people were like, that girl should pay you. That girl should pay you. And the man said, I did not do this for money. I just wanted to save life. And the girl walked away. A month out later, my friend went to Nigeria for a wedding. And then in the wedding, in a strange country, he spotted that girl in the crowd. You know, this is the girl that I see. So he was kind of excited to go say hi to the girl. And he walked to the lady and said, hey, how are you doing? The girl was like, you know, ladies. <laughs> and the guy was surprised that this is the person that saved her life a month ago. And right now, she doesn't even recognize me. Gratitude is not something you do once. It is a lifestyle. You have to always be grateful. Hallelujah. Don't be, don't be quick to forget what God has done for you. Many of us may be looking for more today. But when you think about where God brought you from, you have to always be grateful. Hallelujah. Always be grateful. Don't allow your goals, your dreams to make you ungrateful to the Lord. Always be grateful. I was telling somebody the other day, if you're not grateful for being in this country, how about going back to Cameroon? <laughs> how about going back? <laughs> and go try over there. Let's see if things are going to be better for you. When you're not grateful for what God has given to you, you can never be happy with how much you have. Amen. Going back to the text that we read this morning in verse 11 of Luke 17, the Bible says as Jesus traveled through Jerusalem, he was traveling down and he went through the road that was between Samaria and Galilee. This is significant because the road that Jesus took to go to Jerusalem, normally Jews did not go through that direction. Because as you understand, the Jews considered the Samaritans as unbelievers. Now to give you a background why, when uh, King Solomon was king, and after his son called Rehoboam took over him as king, Rehoboam sinned against the Lord, and the Lord decided to divide Israel into two. Two tribes stayed, and they called those two tribes Judah, and the other ten tribes were called Israel. Now when King Nebuchadnezzar came and took the Israelites into captivity, he took away the ten tribes and left the two. 
So when these 10 tribes went into captivity for over 70 years, they married strange women, they had strange children. So when they came back into Israel, the two tribes that stayed considered them to be defiled, that they were unbelievers because they had married other women. Those were the Samaritans. Then those who were never defiled were those who were called the Israelites or the Jews. So that is where the division between Samaritans and Jews came from. You read that in John chapter 4, when Jesus asked the woman at the well to give him water. What does the man say? You are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. They never saw themselves eye to eye. But here is Jesus, in the midst of this division, he walks through the town. Let me say, Jesus has come to build bridges. If there is a place you cannot go as a Christian, because you have a conflict with somebody, it's time to go. Because Jesus has sent us to build bridges. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We are agents of reconciliation. We are called to go places where others don't go. We are called to speak to those where others don't speak to. Amen. Amen. Don't say, I, I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not in good terms with this person. We don't, we don't talk. We, we, are, we are in distant relationship. No. As Christians, we are called to tread on those on common grounds to bring reconciliation. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, as he was going, ten men who had leprosy stood at a distance. Now you must understand, leprosy was not leprosy as we know it today. Any skin disease that was contagious was considered bad then as leprosy. If you had ringworm, scabies, anything that had fluid that could con contaminate another person was considered leprosy. So it's not necessarily true that these people had leprosy as we diagnose it today. Any skin disease was considered leprosy. And once you were diagnosed with leprosy, you were not allowed to stay among people. They sent you out of the camp or the village. And you stay at the outskirts of the camp until when the priest who was like the medical doctor, could testify that you were healed, then you were allowed to come back into the city. That is why when these ten leopards saw Jesus, they cried from a distance because, based on the Jewish law, they were not allowed to come close to any man because they could contaminate that man. From a distance, they cried out to the Lord. May I say there is no distance in the spiritual realm. You can reach God from any place. Is somebody hearing me? You can reach God through TV. You can reach God through a conference line. Somebody can pray for you from Africa and you are healed in America. I used to have fasting with people from America. We pray through the phone. There is no distance in the spiritual realm. There is no dimension that a man can go so far that God cannot reach him. Hallelujah. There is no way you can ever go so far from God because there is no distance in the spiritual realm. And he said... Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, back in this culture, lepers did not ask for mercy. What they asked for was arms. Because they were not allowed to walk. They were not allowed to be anywhere in public so they could not get a job. So they would beg for arms to sustain themselves. But here in this context, they are not begging for arms. They are asking Jesus for mercy. And the description that they gave to Jesus by saying, Master, made us to understand that they knew something about Jesus that he was not ordinary. Hallelujah. They recognized that this man passing is not ordinary. May I say that many people are still in their problems because they have not recognized the capacity or the power of Jesus. When you understand the God you serve, no trouble can keep you down. No power can hold you down. 
Because if you call on the name of Jesus, he's always going to show up. Amen. Many call him Jesus, 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 but they don't understand the power that he has to change situations. We believe that God can heal pains on, on my leg. I believe that God can heal headache. I believe that God can heal chest pain. I believe that God can heal any sickness. But when it comes to cancer or HIV, well, I don't really know. We call Jesus, but we don't know his capacity and the power that he has. Is there anything God cannot do? Once we go to the hospital and the doctor says, I feel a lump on your chest. It looks like it's a cancer developing. From that moment, your prayer changes. You start complaining. Oh, very soon I will die. Let me just serve God now. Because you don't know the God that you serve. If you know the God that you serve, it's the same God that came to Adam and saw that Adam needed a helpmate. God did not go to create a new person. The Bible says God put Adam to sleep, anesthesia. And he did surgery. Laser started back in the day. God was able to take out the rib from Adam without any stitches and close it back. When Adam got up, Adam did, not know to, Adam did not need to stay two weeks to recover. He came back fine because that was the most perfect surgery ever done in human history. No, no scars, no stitches, no side effect. And all Adam got up was saw the wife and said, this is the bone of my bone. Everything was finished. And that is the God you serve. And a human being tells you that there is a lump in your breast. That same God is still doing surgery today. You come into his presence and say, Lord, I know what the doctor said. But I know you are the great surgeon. You can take this thing out. If you know who you are and know the God you serve, no news is ever disappointing. Because the God we serve is able. Tell somebody God is able. I say, tell somebody God is able. They knew that Jesus was able and they cried. They said, Master, have mercy on us. And then Jesus, when he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priest. It is amazing how Jesus does not heal them right away, but he gives them an instruction. And I realized from the Bible that every breakthrough is tied to an obedience. Every miracle is tied to an obedience. Every promise that we have in the Bible has a condition. It says, if thou will obey all these things that I tell you today, then this blessing shall follow you. You shall be the head and not the tail. But many of us quote the blessing and not quote the conditions. If you will obey me, then these blessings will come upon you. You cannot jump the conditions into the blessings. Once you obey the conditions, the blessings are bound to come. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Every blessing in the Bible is tied to a condition. Blessing is tied to obedience. Once you begin to obey, blessings are bound to come. Hallelujah. Obedience is the key to blessings. When you learn to obey the Lord, nothing will God not give you. The Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, it is interesting to know that Jesus did not say, you are healed right there. He says, go, show yourself to the priest. Now, the priest was to examine them to see if they were healed. But they were not healed and they were going. This is faith. Jesus wanted them to exercise their faith. Go show yourself to the priest. It's like if somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, I'm sick. The doctor says I have HIV. I say, go and testify. 
Many of us want to go do the test first. Then after we come testify. But faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. I used to say, people believe. People want to see in order to believe. But in the kingdom of God, we believe that we see. It's the opposite. We believe, then we see. Hallelujah. The doctor says it's not possible. You tell the doctor, you are, you are talking based on what you see. I am talking about what, I'm talking based on what God has said. Hallelujah. As they went on their way going, listen, God is going to cause you to take steps of faith. Many of us have businesses in our minds. We have dreams in our minds. We have projects in our minds. But we are waiting for everything around us to be right before we start. Until you take that first step, you will never see the glory of God. Until you step out in faith, you are never going to see God's power in your life. You step out in faith and God will do the rest. Anything that does not involve risks is no faith. Anything that does not involve risks is no faith. Can you imagine? They are, maybe their hands were twisted like this and Jesus said, go show yourself. And they are going. What are you going to show? Everything is still the same. But as they were going, something began to happen on the way. Amen. As they were going, something was happening. As they were going, something... Before you know it, they were all healed. Hallelujah. Amen. As you step out from this place today, and you walk in faith, something is about to happen. Amen. I say something is about to happen. Amen. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, threw himself at Jesus, and thanked him. Out of all who were healed, only one came back. I was thinking about this passage, and I said that, if you go to customer service in heaven, customer service, there's a line of people complaining about how they think their prayer has delayed, why they have not received this. But you go to the appreciation section, only like, only like three people, but on, on this side, people are complaining how did this thing delay? It was not delivered on time. There is a queue. But in the section of appreciation, only very few people. Out of ten, one came back. Only one came back. And it's the same thing that we see. If we call a conference, let's say this was a prophetic healing conference. This, church, this place will be full. But let's say, let's come and thank the Lord. I don't have time. Because there is nothing that we see as benefits. But those who understand know that thanksgiving is an opportunity for the next level. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Whenever a man begins to thank the Lord, you are creating your way into the next level. You are ushering yourself to the next dimension. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Only one came back to thank the Lord. May we not be those who are ungrateful. Amen. Amen. Before you come to ask God for something, Thank you for what he did first. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why I said that thanksgiving is the entrance into prayer. And thanksgiving is the exit of prayer. You enter with thanksgiving, you leave with thanksgiving. David said, I will enter your court with praise. I will come into your court with thanksgiving. You come in by thanksgiving, you exit by thanksgiving. And the Bible says that this man was a Samaritan. In other words, when Jesus, when this story was told back then, the people understood it different because when we read it today, we don't understand the context. Now, if there was somebody to be praised in this text, it would be the Jews, not the Samaritans. 
And that is why the Pharisees were very offended with Jesus because he kept praising the Samaritans. Remember in the parable of the good Samaritan. You remember that parable? The good Sam he said the priest came and passed, didn't do anything. The temple assistant came and passed, didn't do anything. Then the Samaritan and the Pharisees were offended because they said, of all people in the world, these unbelievers are those he chose to praise. Because in the eyes of the Jews, Samaritans were unbelievers. But it's these people they consider unbelievers that one came back to thank the Lord. In my experience as a pastor, most people who are not familiar with the church are most grateful. Sometimes you pray for somebody in church, they are healed. They never even tell their pastor. That prayer you pray, God answered. But somebody who has never been to church, the little you do for them, they are so grateful because they are not familiar with those kind of things. But many of us have become so familiar with the things of God that what he's, what he's doing for us has become so normal that we don't, we don't think about thanking him. Hallelujah. I, told you, I, I don't know if I told you this story about one time I was going for evangelism. I was going from door to door preaching. And I knocked into this door and I started preaching to this guy. As I preached, I prayed for him. Then he said, he said man of God, I'm sick. He said, I have bronchitis. I said, we're going to pray. You know, people begin to open to you gradually as they, they see they can trust you. Then as we started praying, he opened up and said that it's not all. The doctor also said I have H I'm HIV positive. I said, God can do it. We took three days of fasting with this brother in the church. And after that three days fasting, I did not see, see him again. The next time I met with him on the road, no, it, it was even in the Revelation. I saw him on the road in the Revelation. He was so healthy. And the Lord said to me in that dream that he was completely healed. It was in the revelation that the Lord had to confirm to me that the brother was healed. Because he never came back to say, Pastor, that prayer you prayed, God answered. The next time I saw him physically, he was truly very healthy. And guess what? He was smoking. Because we are so familiar with the dealings of God that we don't come back to say, thank you for what God has done. But this Samaritan knew that we are not familiar with things like this. And he came back to give God praise. May you not be familiar with the things that God has done. Amen. The little that God does for you, give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give him praise. Many of us are driving on 495. A car just caught in front of us. And we know that even not for God's mercy would have been in that accident. And you come to church on Sunday, anybody with a testimony, you see like they are not talking to you. You want to miss the accident. And then the, the other car climb on your leg before you come one leg and say, I want to come and thank God today for what he has done. Every little thing that the Lord does, give him glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't be familiar with God. Amen. And Jesus asks, were they not tender with claims? Where are the rest now? What does this imply? It means that Jesus was expecting the ten to come back. He was expecting them to come back. Anytime God is doing something for you, God is expecting an appreciation. Hallelujah. God is expecting an appreciation. Because you will always come back. May, may I say this to you? If you had a friend, and your friend called you on the phone and said, I'm in trouble. I need $1,000. And you gave your friend. And he did not call back to say, man, I saw that money, please thank you. And the next time you see me, I say, now nah, I have another problem for $2,000. Will you give that friend? 
That is exactly how we act towards God. We pray, pray, pray. God answers. Never say thank you. The next time we see God again is, Oh God, do you see this trouble I'm in? If you don't deliver me, something is about to happen. Like he owes you something. We have to be grateful to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's be grateful to the Lord. From this text we have read, there are three things we can study from this text that will help us be grateful to the Lord. Number one, when did he show his gratitude? When? The Bible says one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back. What does it mean? The others, when they saw they were healed, they went to their family and said, you see, I'm not healed. Let's go out. It's been long. Since I got this leprosy, I'm not been to Olive Gardens. I'm not been to Red Lost. I let it go and have fun. They went out and they were having a good time. This one did not wait. He made a U-turn even before he could see any member in his family. He said, let me go back first and give him praise. He came back right away. Don't always postpone your gratitude. Hallelujah. The moment you realize that God has done something for you, give him the glory. Give him the praise. Some people, God do marvelous things for them. They say, we are planning a Thanksgiving next year. Before that Thanksgiving comes, somebody in your family dies. Thanksgiving neutralized. The big Thanksgiving we are planning now, something very bad has happened, and he canceled the Thanksgiving. But when you are grateful to the Lord, the moment you see something God has done, you give him glory. Hallelujah. Give him praise. It should be a spontaneous act. When I see good, I respond with praise. Hallelujah. We respond with praise. Thanksgiving is not to be postponed. It is something we have to do right away. Right away. We have to be grateful every day. And we have to see again from this text that, like I said, he did not go to call his family and say, let's go thank God. Because sometimes, people hide behind families to be stingy. You know, when you're a pastor, you see all kinds of things. They say, Thanksgiving. You see a family that is like nine brothers, 13 sisters. They are all dancing on the line. We are coming to thank God. And you have an envelope. The person who is holding the envelope, maybe is the eldest person on the front of the line. And they are all dancing, coming to God. And then you, you check the envelope, $50. So all of you, your family, 14 of you contributed to give $50 to God. Thanksgiving is an individual thing and not a family thing. Hallelujah. We can give God praise for something that God has done in our family. But when it comes to what God has done for you, it's an individual thing. You have to give God praise for you, not for everybody else. Because when God is measuring what you give, he doesn't look at what your family gave. He looks at what everybody gave in that family. This auntie gave 10. This one gave 2. This one gave 5. The number that he amounts to does not count. It's what you gave as a person that counts. Hallelujah. Let's learn to be grateful to the Lord. Amen. Number two, how did he show his gratitude? The Bible says in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus and he thanked him. It means that his thanksgiving was visible and audible. His thanksgiving was visible and audible. People have to hear your thanksgiving. They have to see your thanksgiving. So when you come to church and they say, let us thank God, and you stand there, you're like, What is wrong with you? Thanksgiving has to be audible. You open your mouth to give God praise. You can show it by your actions. People can see your thanksgiving. Amen. People have to hear your thanksgiving. 
It is something people can see and people can hear. Every part of your being has to express your gratitude. If you are truly grateful, act like it. Amen. If you are truly grateful, act like it. That is why as a church, we design a day like this for people to act out their gratitude to the Lord. Amen. Amen. You act out your gratitude to the Lord. How grateful are you to God for all that he has done for you? You show it by actions. You praise God. You sing to him. You tell him how you feel. You tell him what he's done for you. You show it by actions. And number three, as we close, what was the benefit of this one man who came back to thank the Lord? Because they were all healed. The one came back. What was the benefit of him coming back? If you read this verse, the last verse of this scripture, when Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. The King James says, Your faith has made thee whole. The word whole in the Greek comes from the verb sozo, which means saved or delivered. So, what does that mean? The other nine were cleansed from leprosy. But the one who came back was delivered. Let me say it again. The nine who went were cleansed. But the one who came back was delivered. What does that mean? The nine who left, if they came in contact with leprosy again, there was a chance they could be contaminated again. But the one who came back, Jesus said, from today, leprosy is, del is deleted from your DNA. Amen. You can never have it again. That is the difference. Because he came back. So anytime you come back to God to thank him, God asks you an extra. He gives you a bonus. Anytime you come to praise him for what he has done, he gives you a bonus. Hallelujah. That is the benefit of giving God praise. So anytime you show yourself in thanksgiving, God will crown that blessing. He will make that blessing permanent. I have seen people who have received a breakthrough and they are so happy. Before you know it, it disappears. But thanksgiving is a way to seal your blessing. Once you get that job, seal it with thanksgiving. Once you get that pregnancy, seal it with thanksgiving. Some people get pregnant and say, I'm not, I don't want to say because, you know, witches and wizards can cause the baby to, 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 to miscarry. So they keep the pregnancy in secret. Before they know it, we are only hearing their prayer requests. Pray for me because I'm miscarrying. Now the doctor said they are going to do surgery. We didn't hear the breakthrough. We only heard the complaint. When you receive a blessing from the Lord, seal it with thanksgiving. Once you get that good news for an interview, seal it with thanksgiving. Once you learn how to thank God, nothing will escape you. Because whatever the Lord brings to you shall be permanent. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving is a way to seal whatever God has given to us. Amen. Amen. A brother went for an interview for a job. The interview was so good. The salary was also so good. The job was not offered to him. There was no sign that he was going to offer the job because there were other candidates. But the brother understood the power of Thanksgiving. He came to church on Sunday, took an envelope and put an offer. He said, God, I thank you for that job. Even though he has not received any offer here, by faith, he went ahead to seal the job. Few days after, an email came. After the interviews, the panel decided to go on with you. Why? Because the brother understood there is power in thanksgiving. Hallelujah. It takes faith to thank God. Whatever you receive, 
Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Let's be grateful people. Hallelujah. Let's be grateful people. I know some people are really ungrateful. It doesn't matter what you do for them. It's never enough. They want more. They want always want more. But when you are grateful, it will open doors for you. Now, being grateful is not just being grateful to the Lord. There are people that God uses on this earth to bless you. Sometimes, your supervisor may like you and decide to favor you. You can also go to your supervisor and buy a card and write a good note and say, I just want to thank you for how you treated me from the time I started working here. That is going to honor God and create a better relationship with your supervisor. But many of us think that is a right. No, I work so hard, so I deserve it. And the next time that opportunity comes, it jumps you. You don't know why. You were not grateful. Show your gratitude to people. If somebody helps you, show them that you're grateful. If somebody has done something to favor you, show them that you're grateful. Learn to say thank you. Even to those of us who are married, sometimes we take our spouses for granted. We think everything is a right. You know, like I was talking to a colleague the other day, your wife will pack your, your meal for you, you go to work. Once you open the plate, you're like, this woman. Like, it's your house set. This, this woman. Never ever say thank you for the food. You can complain about how the oil or the salt was not enough. Why don't you go to the kitchen and cook your own food yourself? Gratitude. We have to be grateful to people. Amen. Once you see something good somebody has done for you, thank the people. Show that you're grateful. And God will do more for you. I believe in this 2020 that is coming, God has something in store that we could not imagine. Amen. You amen it. So let me preach to this, this crowd. Here. Let me preach to this. I'm believing for myself. I don't know about you. I'm like the one that came back. The one man that came back. I'm believing that this 2020, God has something in store for me. Yes. That is why I'm not waiting to see. I want to start thanking God now. Yes. Now. Because when 2020 clocks, I'm entering that blessing. Amen. Nothing can stop. I already thank God for it. It cannot escape me. Amen. 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 I already thank God for it. Hallelujah. Amen. This year coming is a year of greatness. Amen. Good things are reserved for us in 2020. Amen. That is why we are here to give him praise. For all what he did in 2019. For some of us, we had bad experiences. But in everything, God was good. Amen. Hallelujah. God was faithful. And so this morning, I'd like us to stand on our feet. One more time, we need to understand him and give God thanks. Give him thanks. Is there something you can remember that God has done for you? Is there something you remember that God has done for you? Is there something you remember that God has done for you? Is there something you remember that God has done for your family? You can open your mouth, brother. Open your mouth, sister, and begin to give him thanks. Begin to appreciate the Lord. Begin to appreciate the Lord. I can't hear you praying. I can't hear you saying anything. This is not a time to be quiet. Let your thanksgiving be audible and visible. May God hear your thanksgiving. Give him the praise this morning.